Thanks for checking out the Relentless Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Okay. Um, can you all, you all hear me? Is this loud enough? Good. No? Okay. Can you turn it up? Okay, cool. Um, so I had a very long message I found. Um, this morning I figured it out that it was pretty long. And got a different plans. So apparently my message wasn't that fantastic. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to give you the dumbed-down version of it. So, uh, actually, before we go into this, um, how many of y'all are going to city camp? Okay, okay, so um, if you've ever been on any youth event with, like, for any time, uh, you know that the first night is, like, I call it the getting your feet wet night, okay? So some of y'all know what I mean. So, like, the first night, everyone's like, okay, cool, pretty youth event, we're pretty cool, we're pretty chill, and then they close the doors, and you turn around, and you're face-to-face with Jesus, and you're like, oh, snap. You're like, okay, should I really take this thing serious? Like, it, that's the night that everyone has to get their minds and their hearts in the right place, okay? But uh, God was like, when I was, when I was thinking of doing this message, God's like, um, we're going to do it differently this time. See, what if we had our getting our feet wet night tonight? What if tonight is the night where we get our minds and our hearts in the place where we can be in, we can be connected with God and we can build our relationship with God and we can start city camp. The first night doesn't have to be the getting our feet wet night. It can be the I'm already there. I'm already in the deep. God, say something to me. And we can have, I feel like, an amazing week. Like, it's, it's, it's coming, okay? So keep, keep that in mind. I know I'm not PK, uh, even though y'all think I dress like him. Um, so, yeah, I still think that God has something to say. So... Um, we cultivate, right? We've been going through the fruit of the Spirit, and I happen to get goodness. When PK told me I was going to do goodness, I was like, okay, sure, I'll look that up. And then I turned around and was like, uh, God, what's goodness? Uh, because, okay, think about it. Just think about the word goodness. What is good? Just be a good kid, right? Like, that's, how do you make a message out of that? So I was like, um, yeah, so could you clarify things for me, God? And then I went to Google, and then Google was dumb. So I was like, okay, God, what is goodness? He goes, erase everything that you think you knew about the word good. And I was like, um, okay, I'll try that. And then he took me to the first time that the word good ever was said, the first time that God defined the word good, which is in Genesis 1.1. Well, not 1.1, just Genesis 1. During the creation story, when God was creating everything, he's, after every day he's, he created light and darkness, and then he sat back and saw that it was good. And then sun, moon, and stars sat back and saw that it was good. Every creation at its perfection, he said, was good. Now, today, how do we use the word good? How are you, how are you today? Oh, I'm good. Most of the time, that's a lie because your life probably sucks. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm good, but I really don't want to tell you. I don't, I don't want to tell you all my life problems. Or maybe your life is going well, like, the circumstances in your life are okay, but you say good because we've lost the meaning of the word good. See, if we go back to what God said good meant, he saw creation and said it was good. Creation at its perfection. Now, today, you're looking at the world and like, what's so good about this world? Yeah, that's what the devil had to do. See, Adam and Eve made a decision thousands of years ago that affected our world today. So, good has been covered up. See, so let's say, here, let me, I'll put it in people terms. Pedro, I'm going to use you as, just as 
a name, okay? Let's say I see the good in Pedro. That doesn't, that doesn't mean I see, like, the good parts of Pedro. I'm, seeing, I'm saying I'm seeing the perfection of God's creation in Pedro. I'm seeing Pedro for who he was actually meant to be. I see Pedro as God destined him to be. I'm not, so I'm not saying that it's a better quality of Pedro. I'm, that is you, Pedro. That is who you were created to be. That's what good means. Good means goodness. means the perfection of God's creation. And we have lost that definition, I feel like. See, okay. Oh. Oh, thanks. Okay. Uh, okay. So, um, not, okay. I, I got something. Not seeing the goodness in God's creation. See, God created, God made it all of this and sat back and saw it was good. Not seeing the goodness in God's creation is like looking at a Picasso painting, like looking at any form of art with shades on. You miss the vibrant colors, you miss the brushstroke, you miss every little detail of that work of art. And once you miss that, you lose who the painter really is. Because when we look at someone's art, you can see who that person is through their art. Same thing with God's creation. When you see the goodness in God's creation, what creation was really meant to be, when you see that for what it is, you can see who God really is. And we miss that because, see, the devil, he doesn't want us to see God for who he really is. He takes sin... And he disguises, he, he takes in the bad parts, let's say, of the world, and he, put, he puts it over the good. And then we just, we lose God's creation, and then we, we lose our, our image of God is then blurred. Okay, let me, let me give you an instance of this. It's, actually, it's not small, it's pretty big. The rainbow, okay? The rainbow, Noah's Ark, right? God, that's God's, pro- the rainbow is God's way of making a promise to the whole world that he would never flood the earth again. The rainbow is a symbol of mercy, grace, and God's love. Today, when I just said the word rainbow, you think LGBT community, correct? I mean, that's, that's what Satan has done. He's taken something. See, the rainbow is like, it'll blow your mind if you like go into the science of it. It's so beautiful and intricate, and the devil has taken something like that and turned it into the face of a sin. See, and then we, when, when we don't see what the purpose of the rainbow is, we don't see the love, grace of God, then we lose who God really is. That's just one example. I had a bunch more, but we're just going to go through that. Okay, um, so seeing goodness in creation allows you to see who God is. I feel like, okay, uh, um, did Brandon and Nick leave? Okay, so Br- Brandon was like my prime example of seeing goodness. So okay, if you all don't know Brandon... You should probably do. Brandon is just amazing. Brandon's like, oh, I love that person. Oh, they're just so sweet. I feel like Brandon sees the good in literally everything. He sees the good in cats. Like, it's, yeah. Brandon just, oh, oh okay. We're, I was, yep. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So, after the photo shoot. So, Okay, um, what was I talking Brandon. Brandon, uh, goodness, right? Brandon is just overflowing goodness. It's so hard not, does anyone in here hate Brandon? Does anyone in here, does, does anyone in here hate Brandon? Allie, you hate Brandon? You're going to hell. I just really want, 
I just really wanted to say that from the stage. You're not going to hell. You're fine, Allie. Okay. It's, it's just, see, Brandon, Brandon sees the good in all of us, I feel like, and then there's, that's just the good side of Brandon, and it flows over into our lives, and it's impossible to hate. The devil can't bring out the bad in us. The good in us has to be brought out because of Brandon's goodness. Jesus. That's, you know, you always got to talk about Jesus, you know, in church. Um, Jesus was perfection. See, Jesus is the image of who we were made to be, but the devil, you know, does this whole thing, and he takes the devil. I forgot to mention this. Good. So let's say I see the good in someone. That means I also see the bad in someone, right? So the bad in someone is not who they are. That's not a bad part of them. That is the fake lie of the devil. That he see he takes sin, and he says, "You see that? That no, don't don't look at that. Don't look at what God said. That sin. That is who you are going to be for the rest of your life. That is who you are. You are condemned, and you're going to spend the rest of eternity with me. That's what the devil does. He takes the bad and blurs out all the good and we lose the image of God. Again, so back to Jesus. Jesus is the perfect image. Okay, perfection in a world of imperfect. He came down and we're just like, whoa, Jesus dude, right? He, everywhere he went, people were drawn to him and miracles were seen and crazy things happened, right? Because God was just, Jesus was had the spirit of God and he was just overflowing goodness and everywhere he went, Literally, people like just were healed, and they were made who they were supposed to be, which we know perfection of creation is goodness. So, example of this: the lady who had this like sickness for twenty years, she walked up to Jesus and touched his clothes. Like he didn't even say be healed. He just, she just went up and touched his clothes, and she was instantly healed. She was instantly made who she was meant to be, just because Jesus was there. Like his goodness just overflowed, which. Now, okay, y'all get what goodness is? Like, they're just staring at me. I don't know if y'all are understanding it. You get what goodness is? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, an, I'll, I'll tell you again. Goodness is the perfection of God's creation, okay? Keep that in mind. Okay, now, next point. Why is goodness? Okay. Why should we see goodness as a fruit in our life? Okay, cool, goodness, why is goodness? I just talked about how Example, Brandon, you see the goodness in his life, forces, it suppresses the bad. The bad just can't be around. One example of goodness. Jesus, goodness overflowed into other people's life, and they realized who they really were. More goodness. The way I think God really uses goodness a lot, God uses goodness in, he wants to use it in your life to draw people towards you, and then you can point them to God. I'll give all... We'll go into this. So, um, no, you got to have Bible verses. 1 Peter 2.12, live such good lives among the pagans who are non-Christians that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. 1 Peter 2.15, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. What that means in our language. Basically, if I were to roast someone, they wouldn't even have to come back at me. Okay, let's say I had to roast Naomi. I'm not, okay, when I roast Naomi, there's some truth to it. Some, okay? I'm running out of time here, okay? So let's say I roast Pedro, okay? Let's say there is some truth to it, okay? 
you, what he's saying here, the goodness in your life should be on another level that if I tried to roast you, you wouldn't even have to open your mouth. It's just everyone in the room knows, like, dude, what are you talking about? That's not true. The way you live your life should just, like, no one could talk bad about you. Like Brandon, if I tried to roast Brandon right now, everyone would be like, Matt, you're crazy. Get off the stage, right? So we'll talk about that one. So, goodness. We've been called to go and make disciples, right? That's what Jesus said. We have been called to be fishers of men, right? Now, when you go fishing, you need to have certain skills. And I feel like goodness, when we go fish for men, it's kind of weird fishing for men. I just imagine that. Um, I, f- I feel Goodness is a characteristic that is vital, I feel like, when you go fishing for men. Um, see, I've seen... I'm about to list off a bunch of examples. See, what God does, God takes the goodness in your life, and you'd be surprised how many people just watch you, like watch you do your life, especially if you name yourself as a Christian. People study you, every little thing that you do, and they they watch to try to take you apart. And see, if you have goodness just overflowing from your life, people will see that and are instinctively drawn closer. Example, Brandon. Being around Brandon... You just feel amazing about yourself. You were drawn to Brandon. It's just so easy. Another example, PK. He's funny, but he's also understanding. People are drawn to PK. Some of y'all, I don't know why you don't feel that way, but yeah, you're welcome. Um, Then Josh. I feel Josh just, he's socially, like, he's so easy to talk to. He's a people person. I see Josh gets people, and you're drawn to people like that. See, God takes these qualities that, see, when God created us, he made us with these certain things that, one day he wants to use in us. This is one of those things. God put qualities in us that he wants to use plus his goodness to draw people in. So when you have that kind of quality that draw people in, you can then say, hey, I got all this from Jesus, right? Now, you're like, half, half the people in the room getting what I'm saying, and half the people are like, uh, all those qualities you just listed, I'm not any of them. I'm not either. Um, I'm, I don't draw people to me like this. It's not what I could. Well, God still found a way. I don't know how, but he still found a way to... Crazy example. I didn't even know. I was living... I was living the example that I'm about to give you for like a whole year. And I had no idea. But somehow God used something that he put into me. And it's really weird. He... I didn't know that I was capable of hard work. Um, See, Sarah knows. Me in school, my motto is Hakuna Matata. I... I call it the art of finessing A's. Minimum, like, input, maximum output. So it's, and then at the beginning of this year, God's like, you know what, Matt? No. We're going to set the bar high. I want you to be good at everything. He literally just, like, gave me a verse. He said, if a man should speak, he should speak God's words. If he should serve, it should be through the strength that God provides. But this is the key part. So that in everything, God may be glorified. In everything. He gave me that, and then he gave me one of those other verses that I saw in there. And he literally said, be good at everything. Strive for excellence and everything. I was like, uh, God, I'm not really good at all of those things. So, for like 10 weeks going into school, I was like, yeah, I can't do this. God, I need you. And then I started, that was his way of challenging me and like, I grew kind of with him. But then, I put in, I put, I put in, I grinded, guys. I put in work, okay? Like in every area, like any extracurricular, like, Everything. I strove for excellence. And then towards the end of the year, 
I like, I saw, okay, cool, that paid off, but I really don't care about those accomplishments, God. Like, what was this supposed to be? Last week of school, this freshman walks up to me. He's one of my good friends. I have a class with him, and he walks up to me, seventh period. I wasn't having a very good day. I was, like, you know, tired because I couldn't work. And then he walks up to me, and he goes, you know what, Matt? I've seen you work your butt off every single day, and I'm really impressed by it, and I'm proud to know you, and I'm, I'm proud of you, he said. And I don't know how to do that, and I want to do that, so this summer we need to hang out because you need to teach me. Please teach me. He literally said that to me. This blew me away because no one has ever in the history of the world told me that. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. But God, as soon as he said that, God's like, ha, that's me. See, because I didn't do any of that in my own strength. God put my one small capability, saw that I could put effort into some things, and he put it, like, plus his will, and he trans he, he did something in my, I don't know how, but he did it, and someone saw it, and he was pulled closer to me, and now I can show him Jesus. It's kind of it's crazy, but if you don't feel like you have some quality in you, let me address that. God created you, and he said that you were good. You are perfect. When God created you, he put certain qualities in you. Maybe if you don't see it now, he put certain qualities that are inside of you that he wants to use one day, and that's how God wants to use goodness in your life. That's it. Okay, so I said that's how God wants to use goodness in your life. But then I came across this verse. In Mark 10, 18, uh, Jesus is talking to this rich guy who doesn't want to give away his belongings. And he says, one small sentence, he says, No one is good except God alone. This got me thinking. It's like, wait, no one is good. It means I can't be good. It means like, wait, why is that? How is goodness supposed to be a proof of our life if no one is good except for God? And God was like, um, answer saying you right in your face, Matt. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. See, if you want any of, if you've come for any of these, if you want to see any of those characteristics in your life, love, joy, peace, all of them, I don't have them memorized, speak it. Um, if you want to see any good thing, if you want to see goodness come to fruit in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. The one thing that I feel like that a lot of people miss out on is the Holy Spirit. Like, okay, I didn't see any of those things in my life until the Holy Spirit changed it. Like, okay, example, elementary school. You know how we had those Friday folders that, yeah, dude, I hated those, okay? Because every Friday full, I was the bad kid. Sarah was the angelic child. I was the bad kid. Every Friday, I would come home with an N for not satisfactory, okay? An N, N for not satisfactory conduct. Because I was, the teachers thought that I was a bad kid because I didn't know how to keep my mouth shut, okay? I love, I loved talking. Like, talking is my thing. Throughout all of elementary school, and then every Friday I would come home and I'd be like, oh, look at this. And my dad's like, get in the closet. <laughs> and then, okay, we had a designated stick just for me because of how much trouble I got into. So, yeah, I was, my mouth was just all over the place. Then middle school, sixth and seventh, I said some awful things to a lot of people. I just did not know how to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, you're right. That's... Well, I'm, I can hear, I can hear everything. Right? 
Yeah. So, <laughs> he's just walking out. Okay. Um, yeah. So, my mouth was a problem, and it has always been a problem. Then, after I made a bunch of mistakes, end of seventh grade, I realized what a jerk I was, and then God, and I was like, you know what? God, I don't know, like, I've, I grew up in church. I was like, you know what, God, I don't, like, know how real this really is, but my life kind of sucks, so I'm just going to take a step of faith. So I did. And then I met the Holy Spirit, and he completely turned my life around. I learned how to shut up, and then all of a sudden, it's like, have you seen one of those magicians draw a bunny out of a hat? That's what God was doing in my life. He was taking qualities out of nowhere, like, hey, you can do this, hey, you can do this. And I was like, where is this coming from? <laughs> I was so shocked, and it all started with the Holy Spirit. It can't happen without the Holy Spirit. I feel like that's something that we really miss. It all starts with the Holy Spirit. You, I'm going to be real with you. Like, going into city camp, something that, like, is, it's the key factor, I feel like, everywhere in the whole Bible that we need is the Holy Spirit. Um, Ruth, could you hit the instrumental in Spotify? Yeah, it's going to get some. Okay. It all starts with the Holy Spirit. Seeing the fruit of the Spirit in your life starts when you let the Spirit enter your life. It all starts with the Holy Spirit. Nothing that we've talked about can, like, I never felt any of that. I never saw any of that in my life until... I built a relationship with God. Once I started pursuing a relationship with God, it all started. Okay. And so you know how I said at the beginning of the service, this can be your getting your feet wet night. This is, I feel like, you can do that right now because I know, like, I'm a teenager and I'm just up here talking about Jesus. If you really want to see God change something in your life. If you really want to see your life put in the right direction, then I feel like you can really take advantage of the opportunity tonight to get your feet wet and to get into that zone because in 24 hours, we're going to be right back in this room with a band on stage and Pastor Ruben's going to be on stage and the Holy Spirit's going to be everywhere and you can either just stand off to the side and watch because you haven't got your feet wet yet or you can get your feet wet tonight and you can... Let the Holy Spirit speak to you tomorrow night. I'm sure the Holy Spirit's speaking to you somehow tonight. But I feel like we really need to understand that the Holy Spirit is crucial. You know what? Everyone needs to stand. Okay. Um, uh, shift, of, uh, shift of message. Or the message. Um, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. Maybe maybe some of you have never had a relationship with God. Maybe you have, and it's just kind of gotten off track. Maybe you've just been going really strong and just want to see God something, do something. God, you want to see God do something. Just see Him do something with your life. You can start that relationship tonight. Maybe 
your relationship with God has gotten a bit off track, you can renew that relationship tonight. You can take that next step in your relationship with God tonight. See, it doesn't matter who is on stage. It doesn't matter the band, how well the band plays or how amazing worship is. All that matters is your attitude in your mind. If you acknowledge that there's a God out there who created you and said that you were good, and he is destined for you to do great things for him. If you come to that realization, you're like, okay, God, do something. I want to hear from you. I want to give my life for you. I want to see you ignite my life. I want to see you light me on fire. This is your opportunity. Get your feet wet. There are three types of people. People who need their lives to be transformed. You want to start a legitimate relationship with God. Maybe you've been watching this Jesus thing from the sidelines, but it hasn't happened for you yet. You want to start something, but it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you want to start that relationship. You can start it tonight and watch it grow through the rest of the week. I believe this is going to be the greatest week of your life. Second type of people. People who need their lives to be renewed. Life's got enough track. You can renew your life tonight and get your mind and your heart back in the right direction, going on the right path tonight, so that you don't have to do it tomorrow night, so you don't waste time, that you can have God completely transform. Third type of people. People need to be ignited. You're on the path of God. You've had some encounters with God fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, that's, it, it's, it's crucial to your life. My life went from here to here once I had the Holy Spirit, like it, everything changed in my life, and you know, it's kind of crazy now when you start to think about God, every decision from the moment that you were born, every decision of other people's lives, every decision in your life has somehow cascaded in this elaborate, like, chess game, all the way to this moment. Somehow you ended up in this room, in this moment, at this specific point in time, and God knew this moment was coming before you were even born, and somehow he knew that I would be on the, have to be on the stage. This is your moment. This is a moment that has been put together by God. That has been, it's a God-orchestrated moment. He's put you in a room, and he's put everything into place so that you can encounter him. He's giving you an opportunity. And I know you've had this opportunity before. I challenge you to get your people tonight. I challenge you to take that opportunity tonight, not just let it wash away and live a life of regret. And think, oh, I wonder what could have happened. I wonder what could have happened if I got my feet wet that night and then I didn't waste time the next two nights at city camp and I didn't just get saved on the third night of city camp. I was filled in the Holy Spirit on the third night of city camp. I was filled in the Holy Spirit on the second night of city camp. Reuben started prophesying on the stage and I got something from God. Crazy. The, the, the amount of work that God can do in our lives, if you choose to take the opportunities now, in this moment, it's unbelievable. You can't even think about how much God can do because each God moment, each encounter that you have with God just keeps building. So, Bruce, hit the Spotify. Like I said, if you want to have a moment with God right now, 
now's your opportunity. If you want to get your feet wet, be real with God, be real with yourself, be honest with yourself, and be like, okay, God, I want to hear from you. I want you to do something in my life. I want to get in the moment. I want to get in this zone right now. I want to believe in you. I want to trust in you. I want to give my life to you. Now's your opportunity. Right now. Right here. Right now. Everyone, everyone close your eyes. Close your eyes. In terms of if you feel like you're led to pray for someone, now's your opportunity. the message. For more from Relentless, hit subscribe or check us out on Instagram or Facebook.